0: are The chest
1: hey, everybody, welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Who are you? I'm Laura Crawford. Look at that. I got co-hosts again after 4 solid weeks of solo episodes about the strange death of Paul Wellstone. What a journey that was. Mhm. I think the Republicans killed him with an EMP weapon. I don't know. Yeah, you'll have to listen to it. It's very very uh in-depth. Laura, how have you been?
0: Staying alive? Stay I'm staying alive. I was going to say I'm still here. <laughs> I've I haven't been killed in an untimely manner despite some efforts it might appear to the casual observer no just k um just <laughs> k <laughs> can't say that just k. <laughs> not an expression <laughs> laura's been losing her mind in quarantine no i'm doing just good <laughs> at my new pad recording happy to be talking to you guys
1: <laughs> just good i think is the, the the best description for how everyone's doing just,
0: just good. good
1: not great like if you say you're doing great you're, you're like one of those people who's made $4 billion during quarantine. Otherwise, there's no way you're doing great.
0: Right. Even if you personally feel you are doing great, I don't know if it's in good taste to say it's such, because everyone should be at least somewhat touched by the fact that, you know, that chart of top 10 days of U.S. death, we're like six of the entries are last week. <laughs> yeah, we're not. You know what I mean?
1: We're not moving in the right direction.
0: Galveston hurricane. Friday, nine <laughs> eleven, <9/11. laughs> Thursday.
1: Maybe yeah. we should look into some subliminal messaging to change people's minds about COVID and wearing masks. Can we like flash the words wear a mask during a fucking Billy Ray Cyrus video or something?
0: Yeah, during Vince... an MMA, during a Logan Paul yeah. fight.
1: <laughs> during a wear Blake... a
0: mask.
1: During a Blake Shelton song. Just have no. him saying wear a mask in reverse quietly underneath the whole thing hey we're talking about subliminal messaging today people subliminal messages a brief history
0: but we say subliminal
1: messaging you know we're talking about
0: audio visual uh i don't know if you can touch someone subliminally (laughs) do you think that's possible?
1: no i think i think it's just audio and visual
0: (laughs) maybe if you sedated somebody and then poke them i don't know you paralyze them and then that's that's still that seems
1: pretty physical and not (laughs) subliminal
0: these sound like Phil Collins' lyrics. <laughs> it's so subliminal because it's a physical touch.
1: Rest in peace, Phil anyway. Collins. He's not dead yet, but it's got to be coming soon.
0: Best of Genesis. Moving on. <laughs> so, yeah, that
1: we've been obsessed with subliminal messaging for a long, long time as a country, since like the 50s at least. And there's a movie that came out in 1988 called They Live, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper, Bless the Dead, that's what that movie is about is subliminal messaging. Whenever he puts on the sunglasses, he sees the real messages that say shit like obey and consume.
0: Yeah. And the real, uh, not just, yeah, the messages, the skulls and everything, Rowdy, Roddy Piper. And um, that came about at a time when people were, yeah, so they had already been people had been kind of interested in it for about thirty years or so and then they live came out and kind of reawakened it because I think people were cued a little more to advertising savvy and billboards and people were talking a little more about stuff like music videos with quick cuts and quick editing. Yeah. They were like, Oh, the world moves so fast you can't keep up. And it's like, just wait till the two thousands. Um, <laughs> like the world moves relatively slow then. But uh Rowdy Roddy Piper, R.I.P. Roddy he had a damaged body but he was very quick-witted and very funny and that movie is fantastic
1: so yeah it's subliminal messaging it's that kind of thing like you've if you're you, I assume everyone listening to this kind of knows what we mean like those stories you hear about uh someone will be watching a movie and there's one frame that has like a quick message in it and then you, you don't even perceive that you saw it but your sub your subconscious sees it and then yeah. it, it, it programs your mind is what people think.
0: I think people think that it's like, yeah, that it reminds them also of the movie The Manchurian Candidate, where it's like you have a trigger object or like once you've been subliminally like implanted with messages that it's like tricking like a tripwire that like once you see that again, it will like fire you off to do an action. Or right, like I think where else did it? The Simpsons did a good episode with it, with the party posse. Yeah. That it was being used to get kids into the Navy. So I think people, the common perception is that humans are very susceptible to supplemental messages and they're like, they're super effective and that we have no control over it because it goes into a part of our brain that we don't perceive. So it's like, like deeply stimulating, I guess. Yeah. Call, right.
1: And I, I really do wonder how well this kind of thing works because it seems like there's not, a lot of science behind the idea that subliminal messaging actually works or at least works in the way people think it should.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's two ways you can look at it, which is, does it work in a lab or does it work in real life? Does it work like in the wild or does it work in a controlled study environment, like as a psychological phenomenon, like to get the actual results? And lots of people have been interested in it. Psychiatrists have obviously been interested, government groups, advertisers, and they have found that in a lab setting... Where you have people who are especially susceptible for it, maybe people who are also susceptible to things like hypnosis or something like that, like a control group, and you intersperse certain things, you might get the reaction that you want. So if you are able to control who's participating, what the setup is, what the subliminal message is, what reaction you want, you might be able to get some results.
1: Yeah, it's it's all really context-based. Yeah. The person receiving that subliminal message has to kind of already be primed toward the action that that message is trying to elicit for it to work. And I have an example in the notes. If you flash the word Pepsi on the screen, when someone's watching a movie, if that person is thirsty, there's a good chance that they will get up and go buy a Pepsi at some point. But if they're already drinking a Coke, they're not going to chuck that Coke at the wall and get up and go get a Pepsi because they're not thirsty. So they'll just keep drinking that Coke. And they'll, and that's the other thing they, they, may retain some memory of seeing the word Pepsi, but that is for about 25 minutes that that lasts. So it like doesn't right. even, you you, you kind of have to do it over and over to actually condition or program someone.
0: Yeah, it's a really, like you mentioned a really good point, which is it's under really certain conditions, right? So it's like the person has to be receptive. They have to be open. It has to be something that would, oftentimes it's that you already have a desire for it. Yeah like you said, you're already thirsty. Or when people say maybe like, you know, um, someone's already looking at an ad, you know, maybe they're already thinking about buying something, you know, so it doesn't really work in the same way. The thing about like why it's so difficult, which is your brain has to pick up on it, but not be aware of it. So that's a very like thin, like, frame of like access almost to your mind you know it can't be so fast that you don't see it or it can't be a color that your brain actually can't pick up on you know that like oh only dogs hear this note or only dogs see. it can't be like that it has to be something that humans can actually pick up on and it has to be something that you kind of already maybe want a little or familiar with like if i showed you a symbol or a sign from some cartoon in a country that you had never seen that wouldn't elicit any thoughts or emotions to you because you'd never seen it before, you know? So it's cultural too. So, I mean, you have to be culturally conditioned. If it's linguistic, you have to understand the language. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Try using this one, buddy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of things that have to be in place for it to work. And then I, I think the other thing that makes it unlikely to be as widespread as people believe is how do you know if it's working? Like it's, it's one thing if you're again, flashing the word Pepsi, during your movies and Pepsi sales go up, then like, that's a tangible thing that you can maybe compare and see if that's what's causing it. But when you get into like messaging, which is what we'll talk about a little bit more later, like does flashing obey the government,
0: make people obey the government anymore? How do you know? How would you even know? No, you wouldn't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, is the question because we don't have mass rebellion, people are obeying the government because of like little messages that they're getting. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. Like what does obey the government even mean? Like most people generally obey the government. If we're talking about laws, that's why we have laws. So like, what does it, what, what would something like that even mean? And that is an actual message that comes up in one of our examples, which is why I'm saying obey the government.
0: I know we're not just being like super, like, uh, I guess deductive about it or reductive, Right. Yeah. No, no, it's real. It's for real people.
1: (laughs) And it's definitely a thing the government has looked into. We know that. We very famously embedded the words buy bonds in a 1943 Daffy Duck animated short, hoping that it would secretly inspire people to buy war bonds. Again, no way of knowing if it did. People were buying war bonds because the Nazis were running roughshod over Europe and we needed to stop it. Probably not because they saw it on a Daffy Duck cartoon. Although Daffy Duck's great. I'm not taking mm-hmm. anything away from Daffy. There was also a 1958 memo written by MK Ultra superstar Sidney Gottlieb about what kind of things MK Ultra would be exploring and this is that list. A revision and adaptation of material already developed on deception techniques, in parentheses magic, sleight of hand, signals, etc., psychic phenomena and extrasensory perception, subliminal perception. There you go. Hypnosis Truth serums and expressive movements was MK Ultra dancing? Were they doing dance
0: numbers? Yeah, yeah, they're doing a little facial twist, ticks, maybe little flares, little uh, sign language. That yeah. is bizarre. I don't. I, I still have no idea what they meant by that.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a very weird list, and that's the thing. Like we know a lot about MK Ultra, and we know a lot of the experiments. We have so many documents about it. That's why we know so much about it, because someone misfiled like one box of like 30,000 documents. And there's not a lot about subliminal messaging in it, which leads no, me to believe it yet. didn't that work wasn't That wasn't their well. big
0: thing. I think they thought of it as one of the less effective techniques that they could employ, so they weren't like gung-ho about it. I think they were interested in it, and they think they were looking for it from other people. Uh, we were looking at it from the USSR and looking at it from possibly other sources, or in the 40s, we're looking at it from fascist states, but- I don't. Yeah. No, they don't seem like they were using it on a widespread level.
1: No. And uh, there's also a huge report that we came across researching this that was declassified in 1995. I'm not sure when it was written. It doesn't really say, but it's in the CIA archives and it's basically a report on the effectiveness of subliminal messaging. And they're pretty non committal about whether this was a thing they could use to topple foreign governments and things of the like. Like Mm -hmm. you did a bunch of notes on it. Like it does it sound like they thought it would work?
0: The thing that's interesting about it is uh, the big takeaways is they found that it was not very reliable as uh, an a spying technique, because it was something that they couldn't really use in the in the wild. They couldn't really control what kind of reactions they were going to get to the point that they were totally set be satisfied with it as an effective tool. They did recognize that they could get some results. Uh, what's probably more interesting about that study is how focused they are on prime individuals and how much they seem to already know about what states in which people are most susceptible to being influenced and how much they already know about malleable minds and malleable States of, you know, you know, people who were, can be manipulated or coerced. So it seems to fall into their just categories of different information that they have. And it's part of a much larger puzzle. So, I mean, that's, yeah, it definitely alludes to the CIA even being sort of benignly evil, the whole report reads that way just a lot of benign evil
1: i mean everything about the cia kind of points to them being
0: (laughs) not that benign i mean sometimes it's pretty much sometimes
1: just straight up evil
0: even the way they present themselves is just like yeah you know you could use this sometimes if you want but you might even get like the exact opposite reaction where it might backfire on you entirely and they do the exact opposite so it almost seems like they're disappointed that it's not more effective they would be like yeah it would be great if we could
1: (laughs) yeah if you look into the Bobby Kennedy assassination, which is a hundred percent stranger than the JFK assassination. That involves a lot of uh, suggestions that mind control was involved. Mm -hmm. And to the point that this guy in the UK basically recreated what Sirhan Sirhan claimed happened to him in the days before he shot Bobby Kennedy, which I don't think he actually shot Bobby Kennedy, but he like was in the company of this. He just called her the woman in the polka dot dress. Yeah. And we did a whole episode about it, but he claimed that when he walked in that kitchen, he saw the woman in the polka dot dress. She said a word to him and then spun him around. And he said, when he turned around, everything looked like targets on a shooting range. And he just started firing. But the weird thing is Bobby Kennedy, the shot that killed him was at point blank range behind his ear. So Sirhan Sirhan didn't do that, obviously. Someone yeah. else did. But that yeah. that was his claim, was that he like that it was a, a mind control thing, and he was basically programmed to do this. And this g- guy in the UK actually recreated everything Sirhan Sirhan said and tried to basically program someone to fire fake bullets at this TV host. And he did it. He was able to do it. But the thing that always comes up in that conspiracy theory is that you have to have that the subject under your control for like at least a few days to be able to right. implant that kind of stuff and like subliminal messaging doesn't really accomplish that
0: no, I think it, it's a it's difference in scale, which is something we talk about a lot about with conspiracies, which is, so it seems like subliminal messaging can work as part of a whole menu of mental programming. If you had a restricted, isolated subject, like we were saying with Sirhan yeah. Sirhan, if so you abducted someone, programmed them, using subliminal messaging, all kinds of other psychological breakdown techniques, stuff they do in Guantanamo Bay, stuff MKUltra did, you could produce some results. Can you... Get those same levels of results if you are slicing in messages in commercials that air to an audience across America. No, it's not the same. Like, it's obviously it's not really palatable for use in a widespread mass conspiracy, like a conspiracy that's just using the base of splittable messages might not work.
1: Yeah. And I think as a a bonus episode to go with this topic, we might cover a documentary called Out of Shadows, Mm -hmm. which is basically about that but it's it's like a QAnon documentary where they're like look at all this satanic pedophilia stuff in hollywood yeah. and it's like come on like even yeah. if that's what that is there for it's not gonna fucking work like no it's not gonna make it's not gonna turn people into satanic pedophiles it's just it's so so dumb i hate to say yeah. dumb like it's a <laughs> ugh But we might talk about that documentary. We might not fuck that documentary. But
0: that's a good point, which is there was some really stupid article, which I brought up, which people were saying that Elizabeth Warren had a subliminal message in this like setup that she was filming an ad in like a kindergarten classroom. And the blocks behind her said BLM. Right. That is not an example of subliminal messaging. (laughs) Nope. To quote the
1: director of The Exorcist, who was also accused of subliminal messaging, because there's a really quick shot where you see the demon's face yeah. to quote that man. It's not subliminal if you can see it. Right. So no, that's not. And how do you even know? Like, I'm sure they did do that, but the teacher could have done that also like that's not exactly
0: that sounds intentional it sounds like yeah they put that because they might have been talking about it or they wanted to put that message up but it's not subliminal if it's something that you can clearly see with your eyes and like yeah once you're shown it if you can see it it's like it's not that subliminal it wasn't flashing quickly it's not barely perceptible by the eye it's right there
1: it's right there (laughs) Yeah.
0: or if people say stuff like if donald trump directly quotes hitler in a speech it's not subliminal messaging (laughs) You know what I mean? Or something. Yeah, that's
1: (laughs) that's the thing, too. You hear a lot about, oh, Trump is sending subliminal messages to his racist followers. No, he's just being racist and his followers (laughs) recognize it, as do all of us. So that's not subliminal at all.
0: It's like if you walk outside with no pants on, people are like, you're sending subliminal sexual messages. (laughs) It's like, no, you're walking around with no pants on.
1: Now, if you played a Trump speech backwards and he yeah. was saying a bunch of crazy stuff about immigrants, then, yeah, that's subliminal messaging. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: but or it's like people talking about coding being subliminal. It's like, no, coding is different from subliminal or translating things is different than subliminal. It's like things can be coded as racist. Right. But it's not the same as being subliminally racist. Like it would have to flash a message on the screen like black people are evil, you know. <laughs> right. Right. Then,
1: yeah. then it's subliminal messaging.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: let's talk about one example though, that is kind of government related, but not really. And that is the infamous George W. Bush rats ad. This is one relatively famous example. And I feel like this is an example of that thing where even if this was meant to be a subliminal message, so what, what is, what is a commercial that's already directed at Bush voters showing them the word rats. What's that going to, what's that going to do? Is that going to make them, what are they going to do to Al Gore because of that? It like, exactly. It doesn't seem that effective, but I do think they did this. I think this was on purpose. Basically it was just a typical attack ad about how George W. Bush's fucking prescription drug plan was better than Al Gore's or something. And they, I'm sure they both sucked. And (sighs) A really weird thing happens at one point where the narrator says the words "bureaucrats decide," and they flash the words "bureaucrats decide" on the screen. But it shows up in segments, kind of. And the first segment is just the word "rats" in huge fucking <laughs> letters. But it's just for a split second, and then it says "bureaucrats decide." Yeah, and
0: people yeah, notice. You can still see it when you show see this ad.
1: Yeah, you can still you can still see it. I I put a f- freeze frame of it in the notes is that what we're calling that screenshot freeze frame whatever screenshot freeze frame i'm a big jay giles band fan so (laughs) yeah uh, like it's there the word is there and when the democrats saw it they were not happy but i think the republicans even if this is a thing that actually like they did intentionally Mm -hmm. they made a good argument in response to this uh this is bush campaign media consultant mark mckinnon Rats is not a message. Bad plan or seniors lose might be, but rats, we're just not that clever. And like, I think they are that clever, but they also recognize that this is pretty pointless.
0: Right. The thing about this ad is I looked up who made it. You know who made it? Alex Castellanos. Alex Castellanos. Famous Cupid American political consultant Alex Castellanos, who's also very famous for making another political ad, the hands ad for jesse helms uh if you're anyone who's studied political science or political communications in school like i did they talk to you about the hands ad a lot which is when jesse helms was running for re-election in 1990 he made an ad where it is a close-up of a white man's hands as he's getting a rejection letter from an employer and the voiceover is that it's due to uh affirmative action and he like crumples up the letter and is like pissed off Mm. So it's the hands at. So and also, if you're uh, save the last dance, <laughs> the last save the last dance fan. No, the last dance. of Michael Jordan. <laughs> that was, it's a very different movie.
1: <laughs> very different movie. Yes.
0: But that was the that was the campaign that um, they focused on. Michael Jordan refused to endorse Gantt because Republicans buy sneakers.
1: Oh so, yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. So that's the connection there. So Alex Castellanos has uh, worked on campaigns for Strom Thurmond and Jesse Helms. and uh, i mean the bushes as well but he's noted political racist
1: (laughs) so he probably did orchestrate this yes he did like
0: i i I think he pretty much admitted he did
1: yeah i don't i don't doubt that they put the word rats on the screen intentionally
0: but it doesn't mean that it's a very good or effective they did so many other shady shitty things during this campaign that like this isn't even in the top
1: well yeah there's that thing where They conspired with the Supreme Court to steal the election. So there was that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was
0: also going to say where they sent a shadow campaign of like pamphlets and brochures or whatever to people alleging that John McCain had an illegitimate black child when he really has an adopted child from like Indonesia. (laughs) Did you hear about that?
1: No, but that doesn't that doesn't surprise
0: me. Yeah. 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 Surprising amount of like shitty behavior and race baiting and election stealing. They're not good people.
1: 2002 is when. This was actually in the Paul Wellstone podcast, but in 2002, in a Georgia Senate race, a guy named uh, Max Cleland was running, I believe it was, is it? Yeah, it was Max Cleland running in Georgia against a guy named Saxby Chambliss.
0: Yes, I remember Saxby
1: Chambliss. And Max Cleland was not only a Vietnam War veteran, but he lost two legs and an arm on the battlefield at Kayson, and he lost that election because saxby chambliss said he was unpatriotic for not siding with the bush administration on a vote that pertained to weapons inspectors being able to go into iraq and like they they actually
0: smh adam smh
1: <laughs> so crazy but, like, none of that's subliminal. That's, like, a, that's very open yeah. and, and shitty and terrible. And this yeah. Rats I mean, thing was kind of that, too.
0: Did you hear that John Kerry threw his war medals in a river? <laughs> <pissed> <laughs> the-
1: oh, man. The 2000s. <laughs> takes me back, baby. 2000s. What a time.
0: I know. But also, what's shitty about this, too, is Al Gore was just like, this is disappointing. It's like, God, yeah, Al, Al, come on. Al Gore's,
1: Al Gore's response. I've seen the pictures from the ad. I find this a very disappointing development. I've never seen anything quite like it. I think the ad speaks for itself. I don't think that's the right place to use I think the ad speaks for itself. Because that is an ad that calls you a rat. You
0: you asshole. You just said you basically agree with the ad that you're a rat. Yeah.
1: Ad speaks for itself. We don't need to comment on this anymore. I'm a fucking rat. What do you want from me? (laughs) Jesus, Al Gore.
0: Well, they make a good point. I am a rat. What? (laughs) What? So let's talk
1: about another one that is kind of quasi government related. Yeah. This is one you found it's uh, this national Anthem sign off video. And I feel like most people hearing those words who are listening to this have no idea what we're talking about. Like, I remember this, but I'm in my 40s. Basically, mm-hmm. at the end of the night, back when we only had a handful of television stations, they would just turn off at night and there would just not be any TV overnight. Mm-hmm. And they would sign off when they stopped programming. And they would usually play some patriotic bullshit like this. It's a video. The National Anthem is playing. The words are flashing on the screen. And it's a bunch of shots of like monuments and things. Like exactly what it sounds like. It's a music video for the National Anthem.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that was how television stations would sign off. At night, which is actually a very healthy thing that I think it wouldn't be the worst thing if we could go back to that.
0: No, I don't disagree. And they varied from region to region. So like certain regions, you know, obviously they'd have like a consortium of stations that would all play kind of like the same ad and then others would might play like a different sign off. But they were generally so, I mean, some parts of the country definitely saw different videos than others. This one particular sign off that we're talking about was said to be from the 1960s and people have identified it as coming from, I believe it's an Alabama station. So it's from like the southeast.
1: I and, thought it was um, Louisville, but maybe you might oh, be right that it's Alabama.
0: I don't remember. Yeah. Which state they said it's from the South. It's mostly been identified as being from the sixties. There's some debate about whether it comes from the eighties. Cause there's another video from the eighties. that looks like this, but you can watch a couple of YouTube videos that break down uh, why they believe this one is definitively from the sixties.
1: Um, yeah. I don't know if I agree. This seems super, super fake to me basically what happens in the video is while the lyrics to the national anthem are playing these subliminal messages flash on the screen also and these are the messages trust the u.s government god is real god is watching believe in government god rebellion is not tolerated obey consume obey consume trust the u.s government buy ultra buy naomi worship consume believe obey And rinse and repeat. (laughs) The first thing that makes me feel like this is fake is that by Naomi by Ultra shit, like right. Those are the names of actual government projects that were running at the time. Why would you put that kind of breadcrumb in something that's going to be shown on television every single night? Right
0: to show off. And this is a lot of messages too. What do you think about it? How many are here? There's like. There's like nine?
1: Yeah, there's eight or nine.
0: There's eight or nine. It's a lot of messaging. And what it is, it's it's the text cut up. So it's so it's literally flashing this text cut up in the actual text. So I can't see it without it being pointed out. But yeah, these are very long messages also. Like God is real. God is watching. Rebellion is not tolerated. Also, the messaging is all over the place. You notice that? Yeah, it's all over the
1: place. I don't think they would directly reference MKUltra in a subliminal message that was being beamed out to all of America. Also, this is a terrible place to embed subliminal messages because you would be doing it with the assumption that people actually watch the sign off video every night. No one watches these sign off videos. People were already like most people are going to be in bed by that point. Or when their show is over, they know the TV is going to be shut off. They're probably just going to turn the TV off. Like, the only people who are going to watch this are the people who would already agree with this message.
0: <laughs> insomniacs are all very like the sedate. And easily well, manipulated. Not just
1: insomniacs, but really patriotic insomniacs. Yeah. We're really like, patriotic oh, national, insomniacs. national anthems on. I got to stand up and look directly at the TV. No, most know, people You, are would, like, you wouldn't this. be getting
0: kids. You would think kids would be the most, you know, easily manipulated. you wouldn't really be getting children.
1: Yeah. You're not going to get kids. And like. The the by ultra by Naomi thing is weird. Also, the only the only confirmation I, I, I was able to find of this video actually airing was in Chicago in the 80s. And that version did not include subliminal messages. Yes. So we also didn't know about these subliminal messages until the mid-2010s. A user uploaded this video again very suspiciously under the name naomi 1963 but people were like oh that's probably just what was on the the outside of the box it's like that's what you make your youtube username is the actual the the name that was on the box of the video okay that's weird and then like after like two years someone was finally like oh there's subliminal messages in this but we know the one that aired in chicago in the 80s did not have the subliminal messages so what is more likely that this video was first made with subliminal messages and then someone edited those out to air it in Chicago, even though we didn't know about these subliminal messages until the 2010s. How did Chicago know about them to edit them out? If that's the fake video.
0: Yeah, that's that's the main thing is like that there's like the versions of this with the stuff from the eighties kind of overlap and the name doesn't make any sense. And this person who uploaded it, Eight years later, uploaded another video that's like a weird ass video of dudes being like uh, who are catatonic being experimented on by psychiatrists (laughs) in the 40s or something. Jesus. So it's not just someone who has it's not just like someone's like innocuously just like, oh, okay, I'm going to upload this video. I don't know what's on it. They clearly know what's on it because they put it there because that's why their name is that. And that's why these put it here. I'm amazed that people legitimately believe that the video hasn't been doctored at all that it's persisted for years that people are still interested in and still believe that they did cut in these messages. Yeah. like just, Or no, that the original poster didn't.
1: Yeah. I just, I don't know what the point of this would be.
0: And I, I really
1: doubt that if it ran in the eighties without those subliminal messages, I really doubt those subliminal messages were ever there because again, how would the people who ran it in Chicago know to edit those out when we didn't discover these until like a few years ago.
0: Yeah. And we have so many other examples where people did catch subliminal messages that were implanted in TV messages that it seems like they would catch this as well if it was running all the time. Yeah. It yeah. Running like every if, night. Someone would catch it.
1: Yeah. We're we're gonna talk about an example here in a few minutes that's from around that same time frame. And people caught that. Like just by watching the commercial, people caught it. So no yeah. one caught all of these messages. There's so many.
0: Yeah. Nine different messages over ads that ran all the time. And people were looking for subliminal messages because they already knew about it. It wasn't something that had yet to be revealed because a lot of the things that we know about MKUltra or think about when it comes to spying or coercion, we only know about because we found out about MKUltra later. But at this point, we're talking about the late 60s. People did know about it.
1: So one place you do see a lot of subliminal messaging still is in advertising. And even then it's kind of limited, but it still happens. And that's interesting because the first really prominent example of that was also a hoax. It happened in 1957 when a market researcher named James Vickery inserted the words eat popcorn and drink Coca-Cola into a movie. The words appeared in a single frame, allegedly long enough for the subconscious to pick up, but too short for the viewer to be aware of. In Laura, the ads created an 18.1% increase in Coke sales and a 578 increase in popcorn sales. Holy shit.
0: <laughs> if that were true.
1: <laughs> yeah. Except, no, they didn't. When the scientific community found out about this, they were like, that is very interesting. We would like you to replicate that and let us see the results. And he was like, no, I can't do that. I'm not going to be able to replicate it. Uh, Actually, everything I said was a lie. Like he lied to the point that they think he maybe didn't even run this experiment at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe that this actually happened or to the extent that he said it did what's funny is that this story though is still repeated in a lot whenever you read like another article that's about subliminal messaging they mention this story some of them mention is this as being real or cited as like a real study or something that actually happened like they don't even fact check that part of it when they're talking about it it'd be like a news article which is a bit strange but yeah that's, that's very power weird. of suggestion i guess i know <laughs> yeah but like we said before, uh, subliminal messaging works best when you have a desire in place already. So if you go to the movies, do you have pop- possibly an innate desire also to eat popcorn and drink Coke? Yeah, you're a pretty prime audience for that. So it's not like they're getting them to do something that they're not already partially inclined to do. And, and
1: would this be more effective than those singing, and dancing and hot dogs that walk across the screen and go let's all go to the the lobby lobby. let's all all go to to the lobby get ourselves some
0: treats i think a catchy tune is almost more effective than as a as a as a messaging device yeah catchiness is probably more effective than subliminals
1: yeah you would think like there's also like the smell of popcorn has to be probably a little more powerful than seeing the words eat popcorn because exactly. anytime I walk into a movie theater, like I'm not buying popcorn, that's a struggle. Like once you yeah. walk in, it's like, fuck yeah, I'm buying popcorn. Are you kidding me? Yeah.
0: yeah. And smell is the sense most tied to memory. But you can't really do subliminal sense because you would have to be aware of it to actually smell it again. Subliminal is right. really only works, seems to really mostly work for visuals. But yeah, so this was a story that got very well, really widely repeated. This kind of also reminds me of the War of the Worlds story, the way that people just kind of believe in this mass suggestion. You know, right. People were so suggestible. Oh, man, they they heard a story on the radio and then they all thought aliens were invading.
1: Yeah. When the truth is, most people didn't even listen to that live. Like they listened to it after the fact, after those stories started circulating, which interesting.
0: Mm, Hmm. Interesting. But could this be replicated by all advertisers? I mean, I think we've all seen a lot of examples of like hidden things in advertising and. It's super cool. Once you see it, it is. It's like magic. Eye. I, I mean, I don't think people are afraid of it. I, don't, I think they think it's interesting.
1: Yeah. A lot of times you see it, especially in ads. A lot of it is sex related and it's just like more silly than anything. I have one example that I didn't put in the notes. There's an old yellow pages ad and at the top of here, I'll put it in the notes so you can see it. It's an old yellow pages ad, and at the top of the page it says laid by the best. And it's for a vinyl flooring and carpet company. And it looks like the picture has no relevance to the ad. It's a woman holding like a wine glass in front of her. But then when you turn it upside down, it looks like looks like a woman diddling herself. Ooh, risque. Yeah. And like that's yeah that's a real thing. Like that, that picture has been used in a lot of ads and that's exactly why people use it. Because if you turn it upside down, it looks naughty.
0: Yeah. I think it's funny. I think this is also more of a phenomenon of the sixties, which is, you know, like people are uh, inherently ashamed of their, you know, sexuality so that you have to implant it in ads. Right. Oh yeah. It looks like a woman fingering her pussy. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I see, can see I can see what you say. Right on. <laughs> so, like you
1: see that kind of stuff a lot, there was actually a big scare around advertisers hiding sexual images in their ads. Back in 1973, a writer named Wilson Brian Key published a book called Subliminal Seduction. Mm. And it claimed <sighs> <I'm frightened. laughs> It claimed as the title implies that advertisers were hiding sexual messages in their ads, like the word sex showing up in ice cubes in this gin ad, which that one, you really got to look hard to, to see that. Uh, there's a, a labia that supposedly shows up in a cake frosting ad. Yeah. And the suggestion in this book was that they were doing this to stimulate people, which would then make them more likely to buy the advertised product. And he apparently wrote four books about this. And by most accounts, they're all pretty much the exact same book.
0: Yeah. these This is, reminds me of also when they thought that, like, comic books were going to make kids turn into rapist murderers.
1: Or Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, comic books, Beatles records. Yeah. Um, people putting uh nudity into ice cubes and stuff. And it's like kids had like, you know, the Sears catalog. I think they would much prefer to look at that than look for, to try to find hidden breasts and things.
1: Yeah. Or just like, what, what is a kid seeing the word sex going to do? Like, that's not, that's not helping anything. And the advertising industry fought back and basically argued that this was mostly just people seeing what they wanted to see because it supports their bias. And the ad industry also took out a full page uh, ad that showed a drink with ice in it above the caption. People have been trying to find the breasts in these ice cubes since nineteen fifty seven. Which is true. Like Yeah.
0: And it, it's very clever. And like a job, Don Draper.
1: <laughs> it does happen. Like there there are ads where like there's a weird Coke ad. I think it's actually on Coke machines and who knows if they even use it anymore, but the ice at the top kind of look like a naked woman laying on her side. And even then yeah. I'm like, well, how do you know she's naked? Like she could have cl- like clothes on, like she could be wearing like, a-
0: it's, it's weird. And these were also usually ads that occurred in like playboy and rolling stone. And they usually were in like kind adult. A lot of these were in adult publications anyway, that kids wouldn't necessarily be reading for the most part right. uh, that were intended for adults. So I think people were already primed. To have a heavy amount of sexual imagery when they were looking at these ads so i almost think that the hiddenness of the sexuality to these ads almost makes it more fitting to the content that they're put into right we it just seemed more fitting for the era you know and not so much malicious
1: yeah like sexually suggestive ads have been around forever like go watch fucking american pickers one of my favorite shows on television like, yeah. they constantly are finding these signs from, like, the early, like, the 1920s, 1930s. And they're, like, suggestive as shit. Like, yeah, this guy who wrote this book, it seems like he was just kind of capitalizing on a thing. Like, it, by 1973, subliminal messaging was all the rage because of MKUltra and all that shit. So, mm-hmm. like, he was just kind of capitalizing on people's fears. Yeah.
0: You would also have to point out if there were, there would also have to be a major increase in sales or a major increase in those particular products to actually prove that it works. Right. Right. About like why it's wrong. Like it's only really wrong if it works. Can we say that? Yeah.
1: That's, that's kind of true when it comes.
0: Yeah. Well, not even then,
1: because what if it works in a way that's beneficial? Like what if every McDonald's ad had the words cut calories flashed,
0: love one another <laughs> yeah
1: like would we see enough <laughs> mcdonald's Jesus. would we see enough mcdonald's ads where we'd be like i gotta cut like five or six hundred calories out of my diet every day mm-hmm. then it's yeah. not bad then that's beneficial
0: yeah yeah i mean yeah they totally could i mean or yeah or if you ran a campaign ad for your guy and if, if obama had cut in like hope and change you know what i mean yeah would that be really
1: bad yeah, like there. But see, even like at that point, if you find out it did work in some way, then, you know, you can use it for bad if you want to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 It's almost better that it doesn't work that well. Oh, I, I
1: definitely <laughs> it makes agree. You feel
0: a little bit better about the world <laughs> that it like almost doesn't work that well. Like well, I put up a laughable example, which is rich, like I sent you this like Australian TV ad where it was like someone was running for public health minister. And in this cartoon, there's an eye chart that says Hendo is a jerk off. <laughs> and i'm like if you're gonna be like i have this malicious power in my hands i will use it to call someone a jerk off like, i don't think it's that evil
1: but even then that's not subliminal messaging we have a word for no, that you can see today it. it's called an easter egg
0: yeah it's an easter egg that's the, yeah that's the phrase we were looking for
1: laura let's talk about husker Du.
0: all this made me want to do was talk. About, was listen to husker Du.
1: yeah I, I want to listen to the minneapolis band now but no it turns out they get their name from a Board game from the sixties and seventies, yeah. and there was a big uproar in nineteen seventy three, the same year this book came out, which that probably had a little bit to do with that book coming out, also. But oh, totally, this Hooskerdoo board game, they ran a commercial, and at four different points during that commercial, the words "get it" flashed on the screen, like just quick enough that you wouldn't really see it, but the old subconscious would see it and the company claimed that the words were included due to quote an honest mistake the result of deadline pressures to get the commercial into circulation in time for the christmas season which is bullshit like that's obviously a lie like you don't how did it get there in the first place is the question
0: well they said they were like a young ad executive did it because he like thought he was doing something new that no one had thought of before (laughs) Yeah, you know, which reminds me of that Madman episode where the guy who comes up with the cure for the common, like blah 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 it's the cure for the common, and they're like, Yeah, that's been done. <laughs> oh shit, that's all my pitches. But uh yeah, so this guy's this like guy was like under pressure last minute, and he's like, Okay, okay, we're gonna do a new thing. No one's ever heard of it. I'm gonna flash a message, and people are gonna see it super fast, and they won't even know they've seen it, and then they're gonna get it. Okay. But and they play the ad during like adult programming. So it was like aimed at adults. So I mean. People who hear about this story might be like, "Oh my God, these evil advertisers are trying to like manipulate children into wanting this game." And it was like it was actually like at their parents, probably. Yeah,
1: like the I think the the I don't even know if it's really subliminal messaging, but like the most insidious thing directed at kids still today is Happy Meals. Like, yeah, that is that is kind of forcing parents to serve their kids really unnecessarily sugar laden food. Like you shouldn't have to have that much sugar in a fucking cheeseburger. I've made cheeseburgers and I put nary a teaspoon of sugar in them.
0: You doing it the wrong way. <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess I'm not getting people addicted like yeah. that. That kind of stuff is a problem, but like telling kids get it during a game, like they don't have the money. Like they're not the ones that's probably why this happened during adult programming. Yeah. And in that case, it's probably got a better chance of
0: working. Because adults ultimately are the ones who buy it.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I don't know what kind of game it was. Was was it a game for adults?
0: It was a game for kids. In the pre, like, one of the hooks of the game was you can beat an adult. Like a kid could beat an adult at Husker Do. but I've oh. never played Husker Do, so I don't really know how that could be accomplished. But there are lots of kids games where kids can beat adults just by games of chance. You know, Shit. You're not stupid. Not if
1: I'm playing, not yeah. losing at Husker Do to but- no fucking kids.
0: Knock them over, bring it. But there was never, there was never like a widespread phenomenon of like subliminal messaging to children. Like kids have never been really mass manipulated that way. Besides, I mean, you don't really need to because you can just do what they did in the 80s, which is repeal laws that keep toy companies from making cartoons. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know,
1: or another thing that you saw in the 80s was like cartoon mascots for adult products, like Joe Mm -hmm. Camel, right? Yeah. Once again, Joe Camel, bless the dead. Rest in rest in power, Joe Camel. Oh they took God. you out back and shot you eventually.
0: Yeah, Chester Cheeto, Joe Camel. No, Chester Cheeto's not it, that's a general thing. He's still but around. um <laughs> Chester, Chester Cheeto
1: Bunny. Yeah, well I mean everyone needs batteries. That's not a He's problem. Appealing. Yeah.
0: But and an attitude.
1: Yeah, Joe Camel. I used to collect Camel points and I would like send them in for shit.
0: He was everywhere. Man, you really forget how prevalent cigarettes were just like cigarette advertising just everywhere. Grocery stores, convenience. I mean, still isn't convenience stores, but man, it's a totally different world when it comes to cigarettes.
1: Yeah. And you could smoke everywhere too. Yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Speaking of cigarettes, the Segway brought to you by Segway. Segway, when you need a Segway, Segway.
0: (gasps) The creator of Segway, Jed by Segway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Marlboro did a really interesting thing to get around a Formula One sponsorship ban because If you recall, Laura, as a big stock car racing fan, cigarette companies used to be like the main sponsor of NASCAR and Formula One, like all of them, like even in Formula One, especially like even like Benson and Hedges are fucking sponsoring race car drivers over there. Here it was normally like Marlboro, Cool, Newport, shit like that. And that eventually all got banned because race car companies or the race car leagues were like, yeah. We probably shouldn't be pushing those products uh, by way of something that kids look up to.
0: Right. And it was very it was so ubiquitous. Yeah, it was like it seemed like nearly every car had some kind of cigarette thing on it. And that Marlboro red Marlboro logo, I do very highly associate with stock car racing of the early 90s. It is kind of just the visual that I associated with it, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, and it like-
0: kind of had to have a point nascar was way too caught up into each other
1: nascar's big championship series used to be called the winston cup series
0: yes the winston yes
1: yeah and wow. now it's called the sprint cup which is so much better like that makes so much more sense
0: yeah to sprint versus to winston
1: yeah or is it That's still because sprint world. and t-mobile like merged didn't they who who cares yes,
0: they did who yeah, cares about
1: them or nascar we're mm-hmm. talking about shady advertising So what happened, like one of the examples, what what companies would do in Europe to get around the Formula One bands, they would like change their name sometimes, like Benson and Hedges in 1997 changed its name to Bitten and Hisses when advertising on
0: cars to get around the band,
1: which like, how does that even, like, how do they even get to do that? That still seems like, I don't know, but. I know,
0: like, I'd love to eat at Frack Donald's. What do you think? (laughs) It's the most American company you can come up with. Frack Donalds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. But the craziest attempt to circumvent this ban was Marlboro. Because despite this ban, for one thing, they signed a 10-year, $1 billion partnership with Ferrari. And to, to get around the ban on cigarette advertising, they changed their logo that they put on race cars and on race uniforms. They changed it to a barcode. But that barcode, when a car went flashing by, just looked like a blurry version of the Marlboro logo. So your mind would just exactly. be like, oh, there went the Marlboro logo. And eventually people were like, we know what you're doing. Like, <laughs> You're not being <laughs> that clever. And they forced them to like stop doing it. But
0: Subtle thou art not. Man, I, I just hope the person who came up with it got a major payday. Because if you check it out, it looks cool as fuck.
1: It's very smart. It was a very smart idea.
0: It looks cool as hell. I would love to have that logo on something.
1: Yeah, it should be. It's even it's the Unpops colors, even like we could yeah. just adopt it.
0: It's beautiful. Let's
1: just make that barcode the new Unpops logo.
0: I love this beautiful work of subliminal. <laughs> I love this corporate work of like mental masturbation that they want me to. Change. Yeah, I just love how I'm like, good job company trying to get me addicted to a, like a damaging murderous product. Great job. And
1: Ferrari like even had the gall to deny that that's what that barcode was. And it's like, well then yeah. what is it?
0: What Italian is it? Denial? I've heard this one. <laughs> hey, <gasps> what do you mean? Holocaust?
1: <laughs> one thing you do see a lot in like, this is a, this is going to be a fun, quick way to end this. There are a lot of corporate logos that have things hidden in them that you might not have noticed. The Baskin Robbins logo has a 31 embedded in it. You probably didn't notice that. Cause where's a fucking Baskin Robbins anymore. Uh, <laughs> But that's a nod to their 31 flavors. Obvs. Right on. The arrow underneath the Amazon logo connects the A to the Z, which is meant to imply that Amazon is your one resource for everything, including harsh working conditions.
0: <laughs> so a for COVID-19 if you work for them.
1: Yeah. So your exactly. one-stop shop for facial recognition software to sell to ice.
0: Mm-hmm. They got it all. They got Robot it all. Robot death.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the tit. In Tostitos with T I T in the middle. If you look at yep. it, it's actually two friends sharing a bowl of salsa. And the, the bowl Beautiful. of salsa is the dot. It dots the eye between them. So also if you look at it, you'll never not see this again, but the word tit is very prominent in a Tostitos. The Tostitos logo.
0: American life. Yeah. Uh
1: the white space between the EX in FedEx forms an arrow. Mm-hmm. which is meant to put you in the mind of the company's speed and ability to to deliver
0: drugs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to deliver drugs. <laughs>
1: the weirdest though is the Wendy's logo which has the word mom embedded in it. And they claim oh, I saw that shit. They claim it was unintentional, but
0: Oh, bullshit.
1: Yeah. It's in every version of their new logo too. Like no matter how it's drawn, there ends up being the word mom. Yeah. Like she's wearing one of those fucking Nameplate chains from the '80s, like rappers who started. those. Yeah, that's true. There's an Etsy commercial where a girl gets gifted one on the air yeah. right now.
0: So yeah, she's got a crazy name. Shiori. Yeah, Shiori.
1: Yeah, I remembered your name, kid. If there's any, if that's any consolation, <laughs> I pronounced it right. Congrats on the fucking Sublime necklace, though. <laughs> Cry baby. Uh, but yeah, that that kind of stuff exists. But I think in general people kind of overstate the the concerns when it comes to subliminal messaging
0: yeah Yeah, I think particularly uh, when they worry about it in terms of people being influenced to negative action, like violence or attacks or whatever, I think uh, you don't need subliminal messages to make people uh, prime to act that way. People seem to be doing just fine on their own. Or there's plenty of overt messages that they're probably paying attention to that are causing them to act that way. It's not the subliminal, it's the overt that you need to look for.
1: It's not like we're cracking down on those overt messages. So why would you even need to use subliminal messages? No, no you're you're
0: right on the money. <laughs> yeah so this was a fun episode i know i liked it i liked learning a little bit more about some Middle stuff it actually made me it's funny it's like usually when you dive more into conspiracies you feel worse about them but this actually made me feel better about it because people have less probably less effective means to control your mind unwillingly than you thought you know
1: what i mean yeah it seems like people aren't really getting away with it they're trying sometimes no. but it's just not working and that's yeah. that makes me feel good that's yeah that's a good outcome for this episode
0: uh a little drop of positivity do we have anything to plug before we get out of here i do not at all
1: i uh i mean i don't really either those fucking unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech or patreon.com unpops you can go subscribe there but i think that's it laura okay. say goodbye bye goodbye everybody we love you